Hello friends welcome back to another episode of the revolution untold story of indian freedom struggle in the last two episodes we discussed the shannashi and fokir rebellion which lasted from 1760 to 1800 inspired numerous peasants uprisings in india's pursuit of independence on our journey into the nook and crannies of india's freedom struggle we have so far been to the east south and western parts of the country today we will embark on our journey to the north by this time the east india company had already taken over the coastal regions in the south and the eastern part of india hi i am kaushik mazumdar your host so far we have been talking about the armed struggles for freedom in various parts of india among them places like punjab lahore kashmir and some other areas of northwestern india deserve a special mention there were two reasons why the east india company was not focused on punjab or the nearby areas till the 18th century firstly they used punjab as a buffer state to avoid conflict with the afghans secondly because of raja ranjit singh and his daring khalsa army see the irony of history the khalsa army who helped the british to win over most of the battles till then was the first one to take up arms against the british during the shipai mutiny in 1809 ranjit singh and the british signed a treaty in amritsar according to which he formed a unified kingdom to the west of river satluj without any intervention of the british and the east india company ruled over unified india on the east of river satluj soon after few small revolts with the east india company in between 1822 and 1828 the east india company became aware of ranjit singh as their true competitor the peace that extended from this time onwards until his death was beneficial to both allowing them to further consolidate their holdings only till the death of ranjit singh ranjit singh was a good diplomat and had considerable foresight he was a genius in warfare and rose to establish a single unified sikh state to the west of river satluj his army though confident was undisciplined he knew they were far from prepared to withstand the military strength organization and mass artillery of the company also to add to his worries chieftains and vessels of the conquered areas were ready to revolt and could desert his side any time so he signed the peace treaty 
with the East India Company in 1809. This treaty benefited both parties equally. With no worries of war with the East India Company, Ranjit Singh successfully defeated the Afghans from Peshawar, Khyber Pass and Lahore. But then we wonder, what was there in this pact for the British East India Company? With the peace treaty, the British company had the state of Punjab as a buffer to the external interference so that they did not have to spend army or resource on the battles they were not ready to fight. Over the next 30 years, since 1809, Ranjit Singh strengthened his grip on the plains and proceeded to eliminate all Afghan control over Punjab, up to Peshawar and Khyber Pass to the west of Lahore. To the east, towards the Himalayas, the Gurkhas were repulsed and his rule was established over the Kangra region in 1809. While the Jalandhar Dwap, the area between the Satlej and Bias rivers, was brought under direct control in 1811. In the north, the territory of Kashmir was added to the empire in 1819. To the southwest, Multan with its great fortress was taken back from Afghan control. By 1839, when Raja Ranjit Singh died, he had extended the Sikh kingdom from Tibet and Kashmir to Sindh and from the Khyber Pass to the Himalayas in the east. Ranjit Singh had realized that the independence of the Lahore state could only be guaranteed by a military force strong enough for the company. Accordingly, he orchestrated a revolutionary change in the structure of the Sikh army. The core of the army considered of infantry backed by powerful artillery. The cavalry was more than just an auxiliary force. The artillery was armed with the best cannons. Many of them were even of heavier caliber than any cast by the Europeans. At the time of Raja Ranjit Singh's death on 27 June 1839, the Lahore state possessed an army consisting of about 47,000 regular infantry, 16,000 cavalries and formidable artillery comprising of almost 500 guns. Ranjit Singh left his sons a powerful and wealthy state with the finest army. But none of his sons could prove to be qualified successor. His eldest son, Kharak Singh, was an inept ruler. Nihal Singh displaced him shortly, only to die in suspicious circumstances. Shed Singh, another of Ranjit's sons, rose to the power in succession and ruled for two years. During this period, the army became conscious of its position as the ultimate arbiter. With a weak king at the crown, power no longer resided with the darbar or court 
but the military committees called panchayats became the power center after prime minister hira singh was killed while attempting to flee the capital with loot from the royal treasury maharani jhindan kaur's brother johar singh became the prime minister in december 1844 in 1845 he skimped for the assassination of peshwara singh a distant relative of ranjit singh who posed threat to dalip singh's claim to the throne for this he was called to account by the army despite his attempts to bribe the army and pleading from jhindan kaur he was butchered in september 1845 in the presence of jhindan kaur and dalip singh maharani publicly vowed revenge against her brothers murderers and remained the region on 8th november 1845 general tej singh was made commander in chief of the sikh army and lal singh was trusted with the role of prime minister by maharani chindan the mother of dalip singh the last surviving son of ranjit singh after years of strife authority of kashmir rested with gulab singh a powerful vassal of the sikh state who had made himself independent during the recent troubles curiously none of these people in power lal singh tej singh gulab singh or the regent maharani chindan kaur herself were sikh they entered the high office through even-handed policies of ranjit singh beyond loyalty to their now dead patron they had little natural fidelity to the sikh state itself the intrigues and personal ambitions of these aspirants and their relationship with the increasingly assertive sikh army formed the backdrop to the first anglo sikh war from the eastern bank of the satluj river the british were monitoring the unfolding of the lahore darbar carefully as the maharajas were assassinated one after another the east india company started preparation at the time of jahar singh's assassination the army had expanded to 120000 soldiers with their salaries increased considerably since the time of ranjit singh despite the size and latest weapons the british did not think much of the khalsa army they were not more than a mob for the british army officers the british were of the impression that the increased political role of the soldiers had rendered them ineffective on the battlefield and it was the best time to attack accordingly in the years following ranjit singh's death the british started the process of militarizing punjab in the meantime Maharani still reeling from the loss of her brother along with Lal Singh and Tej Singh decided to limit the power given to the soldiers chosen representatives from the Lahore darbar started reaching out to british officers across the satluj expressing their fidelity the plan was to put the soldiers in a war in which their defeat was assured confident of british military strength Governor General 
Sir Henry Harlinge launched a series of attacks that concerned Lahore territory. After conquering and taking over Sindh in 1843, the British government ordered the construction of 60 iron boats at Bombay designed to be used as a bridge across the Satluj. The boats arrived at the Satluj in the summer of 1845. In Firozpur, which was a few miles from Satluj, the British built cantonment in 1838, brigade command in 1842, and a garrison in 1845. comprising of 8 regiments of infantry 2 regiments of cavalry 2 troops of a field battery and a reserve company of artillery finally on 17th november 1845 eventually the day came when the british army started crossing the satluj with their troops and supplies in the meantime After mutual demands and accusations between the darbar and the company diplomatic discussions were kept on hold the company army began marching towards firozpur fort where a division was already stationed the british army led by sir hu go the commander in chief of bengal army was also accompanied by sir henry hardinge the british governor general of bengal the company forces predominantly consisted of the bengal army most of the artillery on the british side considered of light guns from the elite bengal horse artillery the sikh army was led by lal singh who with tej singh betrayed the sikhs throughout the war They were regularly supplying information received from the Sikh army to British officers even before the war was officially begun. The Sikh army began to cross the Satluj on 11th December 1845. Although the leaders and principal units of the army were Sikhs, there were also Hindu Punjabis, Pashtun and Kashmiri infantry units. Under the leadership of Tej Singh one Sikh division reached Firozpur and though the British army was unarmed the Sikh army could not defeat them due to Tej Singh's conspiracy another force under Lal Singh countered go and Hardinge's advancing forces at the battle of Matki on 18th December in the late evening both sides opened fire the british regiment light dragon caused major fatalities to the sikh gunners but the sikh infantry took charge and the british army suffered heavy losses after the cavalry the infantry from both sides advanced in the impending darkness and the clouds of smoke and dust it soon led to chaos The Sikh army resisted desperately and their gunners kept firing until they were overrun. Casualties among British senior officers included two brigade commanders and a senior officer along with numerous soldiers. Though 
there no clear winner in the battle of matki hardinge believed that win against the khalsa army was impossible for go in the next episode we will come back with more about the anglo sikh conflict till then stay safe Want to learn more about the untold story of Indian freedom struggle? Keep listening. We got a page from episode notes and resources. Visit us at http://www.ksproductionsusa.com. Subscribe to the Revolution Untold Story of Indian Freedom Struggle at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio. Be sure to leave us a review, give us 5 stars and please talk about us to your friends and family. We want to hear directly from you too, so send us an email. Our email address is therevolution@ksproductionsusa.com. The Revolution Untold Story of Indian Freedom Struggle is produced by KS Productions INC in collaboration with Pastel Entertainment. Our executive producers are Kaushik Mazumdar and Shushmita Mazumdar from KS Productions INC. and Shauli Mazumdar from Pastel Entertainment our researcher is Dipanjan Maithi content developed by Dipanjan Maithi and Koshik Mazumdar original music composed and designed by Shottojit Shen also use compositions by Kazi Nasrul Islam we will come back in 2 weeks with another episode next we will tell you the story of third anglo maratha war and its outcome till then stay safe stay healthy